tips. Good man already. And I want to thank you while I'm here for your support of Texas uh, uh, mission builders. If it wasn't for churches like this that helps and supports Texas mission builders, we would not be able to work at many churches that we uh, work at to help them build new buildings to put on their roof and all the other things that we do. We would not be able to afford to travel out to West Texas, which is about nine hours away, and, uh, and help churches out there. So thank you very much for your support and your help of uh, Texas Mission Builders. And in just a few weeks, we'll be here with you. We're looking forward to coming uh, here to, uh, to help you. And uh, I'm not sure what all we're going to be doing, but I know we're going to be we doing this and all of that uh, back there. I know I was uh, with Brother Mike when he was talking with uh, uh, Justin. Brother Mike is just a great guy. He's a great leader and he's able to do so many different things. And uh, him and LD and Chip, they just work great together. They do just professional work. It's, uh, even though it's free, it's professional, it's very professional. Just privilege to be able to work um, with them, and thank you for taking care of the mission builders while they were uh, here uh, before. Uh, they said the food was terrible. They said they over. Not really. Daryl and Joanne for allowing them to park out there at their house and everything. They appreciate that. Uh, again, just pray for us as we continue to travel and to go to different churches and to work. With them. And I thank you for the opportunity and privilege to be here with you uh, today. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 16. And I want to read verses 23 through 30, uh, 34. And uh, there's so many things in the, all of Acts chapter uh, 16 that, uh, you know, there's no way possible to cover all of it. But, uh, but I think they said you were studying an FBI class. Acts. <laughs> At the book of Acts, I tell you, if you're not, if you've never taken that, you ought to, uh, you ought to, uh, when I was privileged to pastor in Baytown, I don't know how many times uh, we went through the uh, uh, FBI. John Yates is a fine fellow. I know him personally. He's been to our church, and he's just a great teacher. Uh, so I encourage you, if you've never taken the class, to, uh, to do so. It would be beneficial to you. I'm very thankful that all our teachers were able to, to do that, and it made a big difference. In but anyhow, let's, let's read the scripture. We've, uh, what I want you to think about this morning is a very unusual uh, uh, usual service, and that's what we'll be talking about the, uh, this morning. But read with me if you uh, uh, will, and begin reading in verse 23. Uh, do y'all hide your clock? No, the battery's dead. The battery's dead. That's a good problem for y'all. So just preach on. <laughs> okay. I have no idea what time this is. 11.23. Okay, thank you. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into uh, the inner prison and made their feast fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. 
And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakened out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all, we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out, saying, and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spoke unto him the word of the Lord to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them, and rejoice, believing in God with all his, uh, his house. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you once again for this opportunity and privilege that we have to approach this on the grace of prayer. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for caring about each and every one of us. And we ask your blessing, continued blessing, Justin, Colleen, and Anna in a very special way. We thank you for the care that you provided us. Uh, the baby and the good health that you've given each one in, uh, involved. We thank you for the leadership that you provided for the doctors and the nurses and, uh, that helped them through this. And we thank you for their families and how they love them and, uh, and care for them. And we'll continue to do so. We ask you to continue blessing this uh, church that souls might be saved and that people might be strengthened and encouraged in the Lord. Now I ask you to help me this morning, Father, as I stand before this eternity bound people that you might allow me to speak the things that you desire for me to say. And if there's one person that's lost, that have never trusted you to the salvation of their soul, that they might understand the urgency of receiving you as Savior of their soul. Now all these things we ask in a precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. There are many unusual, strange services that we find in the, uh, the Bible and and it was said of Jesus' ministry on many occasions that uh, we have seen strange things uh, today. And, uh, you know, the, the man uh, with palsy that uh, Jesus uh, uh, healed. And there's so many others. And when you look in uh, uh, Luke chapter 5, there's, that's just several uh, miracles that Jesus performed in that particular uh, uh, book. And there's a lot of strange things happen when Jesus is a... a is around. I, I can testify strange things happened to me when Jesus came into my uh, my heart and I know most of you can probably say the, uh, the same thing. The radical changes that uh, that takes place. I know I was saved on a Sunday morning and I, I, I went to work the next day and most people was wondering who in the world is this man I'm working with now. Uh, but you know it's, 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 it's exciting when you think about what God's uh, does for people's life and the changes that he makes in uh, their life. If you can say that you've been saved and you've never, you've not experienced any changes in your life, then I, I would tell you to reevaluate the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ, and because He will change you, He will change your family, He will change your habits, He will change your want to all to, uh, together. And it will not be over a period of time, but He will change some things suddenly. And, I know what he did for me suddenly, overnight, <laughs> but he's able to do that. But uh, I, I guess the, all the unusual services that we see in, uh, in the ministry of Jesus and so many others, uh, 
that is not as unusual as this particular uh, service that we look at in uh, Acts chapter uh, 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 16. But, but there's many things connected with this that makes it un, uh, uh, unusual. And first of all, it was held in an unusual place. Uh, I don't know about you, but having service, church services in a jailhouse instead of a church is unusual, isn't it? And uh, when you talk about a revival church services, and I know we've had a, a they're out and they have a tremendous prison ministry that they reach out to the prisoners over uh, uh, over there, and it's a great ministry, but I'm talking about it. Uh, and they did have a church services there one night. I mean, it was just awesome that, uh, uh, that, that particular night. But it's unusual to have church services in uh, uh, a jailhouse. So it was held at a jailhouse instead of a, a church. But it had all the essentials. All the essentials necessary to have a great uh, service when we look at verses 23 to uh, uh, 24, and it says, And a multitude rolled up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charged them to jail to keep them safely, who, having received such as stars, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast with uh, uh, stocks. So, you know, when you, when you look at it, they were... Uh, Locked down in a cold, wet dungeon and uh, uh, cold and, and, and wet. They, they didn't have any place to way to keep warm or anything like that. They were locked down where they couldn't get up or uh, move around. And yet we see they had all the essentials necessary to have a great meeting. What normally does it take to have a great service? God's people? A preacher? Not necessarily a preacher. Anybody could be a, 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 a preacher if you're saved by God's grace. You don't have to necessarily be an ordained, licensed preacher to preach the unsearchable truths of God's word. Matter of fact, the scripture tells us all that we are to be uh, preachers sharing the truths of God's holy writ. But this is this is something that uh, is necessary to have a, a, a great meeting. You have a church services. You have a preacher. You have a song service, which he had a great song service. and special was really... Uh, uh, Really, uh, really good. And I appreciate uh, uh, appreciate that. And then, then you have the uh, the Word of God and uh, all of these things is necessary. And then you see all of that here. You see, they were praising God when you uh, look at it. It's in that midnight call and silence, praying and saying praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Now that's important that you uh, that you see that because that's going to be uh, something that's going to make a difference here in the, uh, here in the scripture. So they were praying. And uh, is this necessary? Is it uh, necessary for God's people to pray when we come to uh, come together? And uh, is it is it important for us to lift up our voice and praise to a holy and righteous God? Sure. I mean, one of these days when we're uh, when we're taken out of this old world, you know what we're going to be doing in heaven? Some people say, "Well, I don't like to I don't like to sing." Well, you know, you're going to be very uncomfortable in heaven. Because that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be singing. We're going to be praising God. We're going to be uh, praying and just thanking that he allowed us to be saved, that he allowed us to go to heaven when we die and leave this old, uh, this old world. So this was an essential part of these, uh, uh, these services. You know, isn't it amazing how God has a way of bringing the sinner and the, uh, the preacher or the uh, 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 servant of God together? 
You know, we see so much of this here. Apostle Paul and, and Silas, they were just simply doing what uh, God told them to do. They were uh, going about uh, preaching the word. And there was this lady, this girl that just kept following him and uh, a dancer possessed with the spirit of divination. And it, it's amazing that, you know, what she was saying was good. It wasn't wrong. The problem with the devil is that what say one moment, something can change at any time. And so what Apostle Paul said, I'll just change that and I'll do away with this all together. And he cleaned up her heart, he cleaned up her mind, and he cleaned up her, uh, her life so that she was in her right mind and she was no longer following them in the way that she was doing. And isn't it amazing? God changed that. But God is able to bring the sinner and the, uh, uh, and, and the preacher together. Remember Stephen? Stephen and uh, Saul of Tarsus? Isn't it amazing that God brought them together in Acts chapter 7? Here Saul of Tarsus was a, 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 a horrible sinner. And he was wanting to wipe Christianity out altogether. But then when you look at Acts chapter 7, God brought them together. He heard the preaching of Stephen. You know, he went all the way back to Abraham in Acts chapter 7 and went all the way to right then. And Saul of Tarsus was there. And you know, Saul of Tarsus was an apostle Paul. And uh, folks, he wasn't saved at that particular time, but he heard the preaching of the word because that's one thing uh, Stephen did. Even in the last breath that Stephen took, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. As they were stoning him and putting him together, Saul of Tarsus was there because he was holding the coat and the clothes of these uh, people that were stoning them. Do you think that might have had an impact? Because when you go to Acts chapter 9, he was on his road to, on the road to Damascus to destroy Christianity, to bring them back, murder them, and throw them in prison. It didn't matter to him, but God struck him down. Do you think the preaching of Stephen might have made a difference in his life? Yeah. And then you look at uh, this Ethiopian unit. When you, uh, when you think about it, he had been to Jerusalem. He was there worshiping and praising God and all these things when he was in Jerusalem. But now he was on his way home. On his way home lost. But he, you said, he had been to services praising God, and, and that was the reason that they were there worshiping God. But he was going home lost. Isn't it amazing that God would take a man that was having a revival, preaching a revival, many souls were being saved, many lives were being changed, and take that man and send him to the desert where one man was? Isn't it amazing? That Philip happened to come across his Ethiopian eunuch, and he shared with him Isaiah chapter 53 as he was reading. He said, who is he talking about? Is he talking about himself? Is he talking about someone else? And Philip began to preach to him the unsearchable truths of God's holy writ. And he basically what he said is that I want this man called Jesus. And uh, he said, what does Henry be baptized after? He said, well, if thou believest with all thine heart that Jesus is the Son of the living God, then thou mayest be baptized. First things first. First of all, you have salvation and you must be saved. Then after that, you follow the Lord in baptism. And uh, 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 Philip baptized him at that particular time. And then the Ethiopian went on home, praising 
man gone home. God put two people, that, those two people together, and Philip preached to him the unsearchable truth of God's holy word. And now he was going home, not lost, but saved. Not going home a religious person, but going home a saved person that he might share the truth of God's holy word and change that in his life. All by the power of God. Yes, it was held in an unusual place. It was. But God used that particular place, that particular moment, to change the lives of a lot of people. It's not the place so much, but the character of the service. What did she, uh, the scripture say? Where two or three are gathered together in my name, what did he say? There I will be with you. Listen, folks, I've been in a nursing home, I've been in prison ministry, and jailhouse, and a lot of different places. The one thing I know, when Jesus is there, that makes the difference. That's the only way that you can have a scriptural resurrected, when you got a, a resurrected Savior there with you, then you can have a scriptural service. You can pray God, pray to Him, and you can praise Him, and you can preach the unsearchable truths of God's Holy Spirit. And folks that have everything there that, that was so very important. The character of service, when Jesus is present, that makes a difference. Listen, it was held in an unusual place, but it was also held in an unusual time. Wow, what time do we normally think about church services? Maybe 6 o'clock in the evening? 11 o'clock in the morning? Maybe 7 o'clock on Wednesday night? Uh, you know, there's a lot of places that in East Texas that has their Wednesday night services at 5 o'clock, but that will be almost impossible here in Houston here. You can't even get out of Houston traffic by that time. Mm -hmm. But it was held in an unusual time. Midnight. What was we doing at midnight last night? What was you doing at midnight last night? Yeah. Me too. Rarely am I ever awake at, uh, uh, at midnight unless I've been somewhere and, and, and I'm driving, trying to get back home, because usually when it's time to come home, I don't care how late it is, I usually uh, uh, take off and drive on home. But when we look at the scripture, verse, verse, look at verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas uh, uh, prayed and sang praises unto uh, God. Now, uh, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm not up to midnight very often. But here we see them having a church services. At midnight, starting at midnight. You know what? That's that's exciting when you think about because there's more involved here. In the, and the prisoners heard them. Now this is important that you understand that the prisoners heard them. They wasn't praying silently. They wasn't praising God <clears throat> silently. But all the prisoners and they were they were very cruel men. They were in there because of murder. Thief, adultery, every possible crime you can think about. These men had committed those crimes. And that's why, the, and the prisoners heard them. Apostle Paul and Silas did not try to keep this quietly, but they heard them. Well, there, there's another time that, uh, uh, that Apostle Paul preached until uh, midnight when you look at Acts chapter 20. And uh, while he was preaching, someone, one of the young men fell out of the, uh, the loft and, uh, and was killed and uh, died. And uh, Apostle Paul went over there and revived him, and they come back, and he started preaching again until daylight. I could do that. <laughs> but I don't imagine I'd have very many people here if I did that. 
But listen, folks, it's exciting when you, uh, when you think about it. At the midnight hour, they were praying and singing praises to a righteous and holy uh, God. And it was accompanied with unusual powers. Now, look in verse 26, if you, uh, if you will. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loose. Let me ask you, son, how many of you have ever been involved in an earthquake? I don't want to be involved in one. My sister, she passed away recently, but they they live out in California. All their family lives out in California. But this miraculous power that we're talking about, why did it come? What was the reason for it? What was Apostle Paul and Silas doing? They were singing, they were praying, they were praising God, weren't they? So this is what brought the earthquake and it caused the foundations of the prison to, uh, to be uh, uh, shaken so that the, uh, the walls, uh, uh, the prison gates were swung open. And, uh, and, and it's an exciting thing when you think about it. All this happened, the doors swinging open and, uh, and all of this. And all of this happened because of prayer, praising God, singing and worshiping a holy and righteous God. People talk about believing in prayer. Listen, folks, I, I believe in prayer. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes people. Prayer changes circumstances. Never give up on people. Never give up on circumstances or situations because God hears the prayers of righteous people. And I believe this with all my heart. God, you know, sometimes that's all we've heard about is election. Listen, folks, God is in control. Right. Regardless of what happens in the next few days, God is still in control. And that's all we've got. You know, that's, that's, that's the most important thing that we understand. God is in control. And he'll have his plan. He'll have his way, whatever, uh, whatever happens in this, this prayer uh, is in ver very important. The Bible says in John uh, 15 that without me, you can do nothing. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Apostle Paul and Silas recognized that. They were praying. They were praying. They were praising God. And so they recognized the power of God. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Now, when we look in Philippians 4 and 13, Apostle Paul believed that. Because I said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Now, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what's happening in your life. I have no idea. I don't know what you're experiencing in your life. But I know this. God knows your need. God knows your heart. And God is able to help you through whatever you're going through. He's able to do that. Now, Apostle Paul and Silas was in a difficult position. All they, did, all they were doing was doing what God had led them to do, and they were wind up being beaten, thrown in a dungeon, and, uh, and uh, tied down. Well, I don't know about you, but if I was put in that position, I might be a little bit upset, and I might be a little bit depressed, and God, why are you doing this? To me, all I was doing was preaching your word. All I was doing was praising and helping people to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and now here I am in this dark, cold, wet dungeon. That's probably what I, the way I'd be thinking. 
What were they doing? Singing, praying. Because of that, it brought the power of God down. The miraculous power of God come down. And it swung open the door cell. And there, there's a lot of unusual things about uh, uh, that because there was an instant delivering power. Look in verse 26, if you will. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of prison were shaken. Immediately all the doors were open and everyone's hand bands were loose. Immediately the doors were open. Immediately every hand and buckled down. Their bonds was loosened. Isn't that amazing? Well, folks, God does the same thing to us when we uh, think about it. He did the same thing with the Ethiopian unit. He did the same thing with Saul over Tarsus. They were bound by Paul. Saul over Tarsus was to destroy Christianity. All of a sudden, the, uh, the bondage that Saul over Tarsus was in, it was released by the power of God. Folks, I don't know about you, but that's pretty exciting when you think about it. It says that, John, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath right now everlasting life and just unto life. Right now. You see there, suddenly, suddenly the power of God. And listen, when you're saved and you're washed in the blood of Jesus, suddenly you have eternal life. Suddenly you're going to heaven. All over the wall of on earth that is able to separate you from the is in Christ Jesus. It's final and it's set. I'm excited about that. There was convicted power. Jailer came to <coughs> God got not only shook the foundation of the prison cell, but he shook the foundation of this guard. Listen, folks. He was a bad guy. He was. He was a bad guy. Hey, preacher, you have no idea who you're dealing with. <laughs> you have no idea who you're dealing with. Uh -huh. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about God. He's the one that's got the power to change. He's the one that's got the power to make the difference, just like he did in this particular uh, situation. And the, uh, the convicted power, and when you look in verse, uh, uh, he, he said the jailer came trembling. An unusual request. And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? How often have you had people come to you and ask you, what must I do to be saved? When's the last time someone come and asked you that? I remember when I was in Africa, there was around 400 souls that were... Uh, saved and it was just utterly amazing and exciting because I've never seen anything like that and that at that particular time it may have not been so unusual for people to be saved but in this day and time rarely do you ever hear someone come and ask you how to be saved and that they want to be saved it doesn't happen too often Bless your heart when it does. It's one of the most exciting things that can uh, that can happen. And I'll tell you something. You have a pastor and a wife that's soul winning dudes. I'll tell you what. They love to, uh, uh, to reach out to a lost and dying world. You look at all the ministries that this church has going on. 
And because someone that loves the Lord and someone that loves his church and someone that loves lost souls that would do all of that. Otherwise, he would just stay at home and say, I got, I got to study and, and, uh, and pray and not go out and do anything. You know, there are some people that did that, some preachers that did that. But I want to tell you something. You don't have one of those. No. You have a worker. And you have one that loves the Lord and one that loves you also. I know that. And I don't like that to do that. Listen, we have something going on here. There's only one way for a person to be saved. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Then you, then you look at uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, says there is one one meter between God and then the man, Christ Jesus. Folks, there's a there's a lot of ways that religion is taking over this world. And a lot of ways that religion tells you that you can be saved. But there's only one way. Jesus is with that way. And there's no other way. Now, if you want to go to heaven, you can try a lot of different ways, but you're not going to make it. There's only one way you're going to go to heaven. And that's by trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior. And He wants to save you. He wants to do that. And I promise you, folks, I hope all of you here this morning to say, but if you're not, the most important decision you have to make is to trust Jesus Christ. Because that will change your life for the rest of your life. And that will change your life when you leave this world. And it will change your eternal destiny. But only God can do that. He's the only one that can do that. And he wants to do it his way. Now, Apostle Paul told him what he must do to be saved. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy half. Does that mean that because Apostle Paul, this Philippian chariot was saved, that his whole house was going to be saved? No, it didn't mean that. But it did mean that when they went to that house, Apostle Paul and Silas was going to tell them about the unsearchable truths of God's holy writ. The Philippian jailer was going to tell them what happened to him, and the whole house was saved. You know, if, if you look at the first part of Acts chapter 6, Lydia, the same thing happened. They were on the riverbank having a service, and Apostle Paul and Silas witnessed to them, and, and, and they had revival, a great revival, and they went to her house, and her whole house was saved, and they invited them in, and uh, to have a meal and all these other things that goes with it, which is so exciting. And he did the same thing here, folks. All was baptized the same hour when you look in verse 32 and 33. And afterwards, you know what he did? He brought the preachers to his house. But let me tell you something. I don't know, it doesn't say that. But you know in the first part of that, that he said the prisoners heard them. I have to believe that this Philippian jailer was not the only one that was saved. The Philippian jailer's life was not the only one that was changed. But those prisoners that stayed in those cells, what normally happens when you have uh, doors that swing open in a prison? <laughs> yeah, they run. I'd probably be running too. But they stayed there. Why? God's convicting power. God changed them. Right then and right there. And I think that Philippian Jacob just might have had them all come to his house and fed them all. That's what God does, folks. 
He changes people's heart. And not only did he want them preachers there. Now the scripture doesn't say that. But he had Paul and Silas there. Why not the rest of them? Listen, folks. It was an unusual service. And all were baptized the same hour. God made a difference right there. Do you know that flipping jailer in his house? That day, their eternal destiny was sealed forever? Instead of going to hell to break hell wide open, they're going to heaven. In that one night, God changed their lives. God changed that household. Because two men, instead of crying, griping and complaining about their lot in life and their situation. Instead, they were praising God. God changed the heart of this man and everyone that was there. Oh, listen, folks. Though it was an unusual service, yet it was a very orderly service. God wants everything to be done decently and in order. You know what? He says that. Listen, there was praying and singing in verse 25. This is a good thing. I love to sing praises to God. I do. And I love to see a church that's excited about praying, uh, uh, praising God. And welcome people. And when visitors come, make them feel welcome. I was talking with someone uh, yesterday, I think it was, that, well, preacher, I went to this one church, and not a person, <coughs> not a person I walked in, and I walked out. Nobody said a word. I'm glad to have you. That's unchristian-like, folks. Visitors come. I don't care who they are. Doesn't matter how they're dressed or anything else. Make them feel welcome in God's house. It's His house. It's not my house. Not your house. It's God's house. And anyone ought to feel welcome in God's house. There was the preaching of the word, explaining the plan of salvation. There was baptism. Uh, service at Paula. There was Christian fellowship and hospitality that was manifested and uh, oh, I could go on and on. But listen folks, this was an unusual service but through it all God was magnified. Through it all, souls were saved. Through it all, lives were changed. And I promise you this. You let Jesus have his way in your life and you'll be just like this flipping jail. He'll change your life. He'll change your heart. I know. I know what he will do. I know what he can do. I know. Nobody has to tell me that. I know. And I've seen it happen in so many people's lives. <coughs> simply because they trusted Jesus to save Jesus. And the same thing he did for me same thing he did for this flipping jailer, he'll do for you. You know why I can say that? He's the same God. He's the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's still the same. I change. I do. I don't run anymore. I can't even catch my granddaughter anymore. <laughs> and she gets out of the house and comes to my and she waits till I get almost to the door. When I go to the door, she jumps out and runs. Catch me, Grandpa. <laughs> I can't. There's a lot of things that I can't do anymore. But you know what I can do? I can still pray. 
prepared this song of invitation. Would you consider Jesus today? The most important decision you will ever make in your life will be whether you trust Jesus as Savior or not. Because there were preachers that got a lot of time. Wow. Nah, you don't know that. The Bible says that it is appointed unto men what to die, and after death then comes judgment. I preached teenagers' funerals. I loved this boy to death. But one night he was going down the road, lost his boat, 